You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? Uh, I don't know. I, I really like this, the Spider-Verse movie. It was good. I don't know. <laughs> Animation, movies, animated movies. It feels like they're getting better. I have heard really great things about that, and I need to go see it. I watched, um, speaking of, you know, animated, and, and honestly, it was nostalgic, if I think about it. It was a Super Mario movie. I still haven't seen that. What? Yeah, I know. It, like, stopped in theaters, and then, uh, I don't know, where do I watch at this point? I'm hoping somebody just streams it. I've got most of those. Yeah, I, I probably watched it illegally streamed, but or I probably shouldn't have said that, but uh, but I did. I watched it recently. The sad thing is, I watched it with my six year old niece, who it was probably her third time seeing it because she saw it in theaters. And I'm like, okay, this movie's legit. So I highly recommend if you like animated films. And we, I, I agree with you. Uh, the Spider Man one looks good, so I will go see it. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, that feels like the most excitement in the world right now when you think of the sports. <laughs> holding up TAs. Not a whole lot happening. Um, And honestly, I know OTAs are different than the phase two and three program that the Cincinnati Bengals have been pretty much working on most of the spring, but it really just feels like deja vu. We're in two days of OTAs, nothing too crazy. We're seeing the Joe Burrow social media post out there. He's working out. The players are there. Jonah Williams isn't, isn't there yet. And it just feels like OTAs are extended offseason voluntary workout program for the Bengals right now yeah um OTAs are OTAs they're basically the what voluntary workout still I believe um they're not mandatory yet it feels mm-hmm. like the same people are there that are not I think uh, DJ reader might have missed for some personal reason which is okay again voluntary uh i don't think that's a holdout (laughs) um but you know to me nothing really to look into but it feels like uh it feels like anytime something's going to happen in otas it is going to blow up how did you feel about there being some reps where jordan battle was starting at safety over nick scott 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, after draft night, it was a topic of conversation. Could we see that? Uh, I think you, if you were to ask a lot of, and I know people feel about the national media, I really feel like it's 50-50. A lot of people want the attention for their team, but then the subject of conversation of, hey, are there some concerns for the Cincinnati Bengals? And I think people would point at the safety position. Uh, but I believe in Lou when he's uh, dealing with the secondary. And yeah, you're without Von Bell and Jesse Bates. But when they drafted Jordan Battle, I will be completely honest, kind of going back to that night, I was very surprised. And then I hear people out of Alabama and I hear the hype about Jordan Battle, what he could bring to the defense. And then Lou had the biggest smile on his face. I'm like, all right, well, they they really like this guy. And it sounds like they were really surprised he was available when they did pick. Um, and now, I mean, it's it, I don't I don't know how to feel about Nick Scott. I know we have the Rams tape and highlights and what we can go back on. And is, is he an upgrade? Is he the replacement over Von Bell? Or do you feel about, better about Jordan Battle? The thing that we know with Lou Anarumo, and he said it last year before Cam Taylor Britt had to get reps, he's not going to rush a rookie out there, but could this be a different scenario? Yeah. Um, it always could be a different scenario. If you ask me, I'm not really moved too much. I guess it does put a little bit of, um, and that's me, man. We're gonna be doing OTA coverage, and most of my re- most of my response will be that that doesn't move me too much. <laughs> um, but you know, like if you could still preseason work, and Nick Scott has to play in the preseason, and Nick Scott's playing second team in the preseason, then I'm really kind of pushing like the oh Jordan Battle really might start week one. This right now to me is more like, uh, I don't know, getting your rookie first team reps. It doesn't mean he's a starter. And then Nick Scott's taking first team reps as well. Uh, I do think that battle was a good pick. I think everything from Alabama is like, he's going to try to push to start right away. I also think the Bengals gave Nick Scott money because they think he's a starting level safety and Luana Rumo's history, but not, related at all to draft position has been defensive backs will start when they are ready and not when not any moment before, unless there's an injury uh, that um, makes you still think it's Nick Scott's job and he could lose it. But I just, I don't see it this early and I could be wrong. Maybe these OTAs are worth looking into, but to me, the smoke, is just smoke and no fire. Maybe I'm just hyping it up because we need a topic of conversation. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe there's something more there. Maybe we see more with Jordan Battle. Look, at the end of the day, this team, they're one of the best in the AFC. I still truly feel like it is the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals, and I guess you could put the Buffalo Bills, but I'm just not buying the Buffalo Bills hype. And um, I'm all for putting them in the same category. But at the same time, you have the roster. You have the talent on both sides of the ball. They're going to put the best player out there. Lou Anarumo, if he believes Jordan Battle should be starting, he's going to put him out there. Unless they see other packages and they're like, you know what, Jordan doesn't get the full-time start, but I'm going to put them put him out there at times that I feel comfortable doing that. I trust Lou Anarumo at the end of the day. Um, it's exciting to see rookies you know, make an impact 
we just don't know what that's going to look like. Um, I, I always kind of hate, and I feel like it's a lazy take to point to, oh, what are your concerns? You know, outside of offensive line, I was actually asked about that on a on an interview. What what other things do you have concerns about with this roster? I'm like, well, I guess you could just point at softball, but you could point to the safety position. I don't know what that looks like. Um, but I, I'm intrigued by Nick Scott. You know, what what does that look like? Dax Hill, what we don't know Dax Hill. I want to see him out there. This is his first real season. I keep thinking of Dax Hill as this is Dax Hill's rookie year for the Cincinnati Bengals in this very important position. And it is important. Um, you, you need Dax Hill to work out more than you need Jordan Battle to work out right now. And I'm just, um, you know, I, I want to see, I want to see what that looks like at the end of the day. And your point about you need Dax Hill to work out more than Jordan Battle really to me is like, wouldn't you rather have a guy that started at a higher level in the NFL take those early reps? So when Dax Hill has his learning curve, his rookie moments, there are there is not a guy next to him having a learning curve and rookie moments in the same defense. But again, if Jordan Battle could push for the job, he could start, he could do all that, then he probably has earned the job. And like you also said, I trust Lorena Rumo. Like, if he goes out there with whatever safety combination, I have no reason except to believe that it's probably the right call. It could be Tyson Anderson, Nick Scott, and I'd go, well, they must have won the job, huh? Oh, man, the Tyson Anderson, and nothing against Tyson Anderson because we still don't know who what I, Tyson Anderson will look like with this defense, but – I remember having that conversation with you. Could you imagine if they moved on from Von Bell and Jesse Bates? And I want to say they wanted Von Bell back. Um, unfortunately, they didn't see that number. And it feels like that money went over to Jermaine Pratt. And I'm totally fine with Jermaine Pratt coming back on the defensive side of the ball. One of their one of their better players. And, and for that price. Um, we'll, we'll stay with the secondary, though, because you have Cheeto coming back from his injury. And then you have Cam Taylor Britt going into year two for him. He was obviously getting a lot of reps at corner last year when he had to step up when Cheeto went down. Um, how do you feel about DJ Turner so far when it comes to OTAs? Athletic. Good. Great. Um, it He he has the spot over Sidney Jones. Good. I, at least I – now I haven't seen – maybe it's just all hype. Maybe, maybe there was some <laughs> – I haven't watched too much OTA coverage. Maybe those snaps Sidney Jones is taking over DJ Turner at times. I don't know. Maybe that's an actual battle as of right now. Um, but I haven't seen that. I've I the Jordan battle over Nick Scott one went viral, and then there was also a clip like right after of Nick Scott over Jordan Battle, which I don't think went as viral. And then uh but in I think both of those it was DJ Turner starting at corner, which to me signals he's probably the next guy up after Cheeto and uh, Cam Taylor Britt on the outside. So my thoughts are, I mean, how many thoughts can you have on a rookie in OTAs? Uh, especially when you're like me and don't exactly watch every OTA related thing and just kind of take the stories and whatever beat reporters are saying. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to be completely honest with you, when you look at the recap, today was the only day the media was allowed to be at OTAs, and it's over after today. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot uh, going on from that mandatory camp right around the corner, so they'll have that, and then obviously training camp. Uh, one of the things Zach Taylor has done, and 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 I could be wrong, but I want to say over the last couple of years, especially with the season being extended and having more of a plane into January, which is always a really good thing, he normally um, kind of swipes out and doesn't have that mandatory camp. Maybe they're there for one day 
day or two days and then it's, it's over. And he's like, hey, I'll see you for training camp. Great attendance. 87 out of 89 players have been here for the majority of the program. That is absolutely huge. Uh, when it comes to offensive linemen, I, I, I just don't make a big deal that Jonah Williams isn't there. I know they're going to announce what players aren't there. Uh, but overall, for me personally, I just I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, it's look, he might, will he be behind when it comes to revs or right tackle? I guess that's fair, uh, because the other guys are out there right now, but me personally, I just, I don't make too much of, um, of guys not being there and because the majority of the players are, and I feel like Jonah's going to be there either for mandatory or he'll be there in July for training camp. Yeah. The Jonah Williams concern starts to be if he's not there, in later july if he's not there in august that's where the real concern would lie um but as of now i mean it stinks not knowing anything i assume he's uh, you see some videos of him working out so i think he's working hard there especially i still don't know if he's fully medically cleared from his knee surgery and we just probably won't see any right tackle type of videos until he's with the Bengals. i mean He's probably still holding out hope that he can play left tackle somewhere. So he's not going to post a bunch of right tackle videos, his stance and his, you know, kick slide on that position. He's probably hoping somebody is just going to send an offer and let him play left tackle. Uh, But it doesn't seem like that's likely. It seems like the most likely outcome is he is in the Bengals camp in the Bengals. uh, You know, he's practicing with them throughout at least August. I mean, I'll be more concerned if like you get into July and he's still not doing anything, but you get to August and that's when the thoughts of an actual holdout could emerge or at the very least, he's just going to do, I don't know, maybe he doesn't play right tackle if they ask him, like he's let somebody else take that spot and just says, I'm going to play left tackle, which probably isn't a great move for him considering what the league has been offering for him to play left tackle. Yeah. At this point, if you're Jonah Williams, I mean, I I feel like, look, it's fine. Dream big, dream big, dream that you're going to be a left tackle for another team, but you also have to realize that the Bengals, they're not planning on settling especially if your right tackle position is still a question mark. Look, we don't know what Lyle Collins is going to eventually look like, um, you know, when he's going to be ready. I still look, I, I know we saw the Instagram video a couple weeks ago and it was very encouraging for what uh, Lyle Collins had to deal with on Christmas Eve for that injury. But me personally, I still feel like it's a question mark. Uh, we will. It, it, I can guarantee you the hype for Jackson Carmen and other players at the right tackle spot will get very high. Maybe at mandatory camp, maybe in the beginning of training camp. If Jonah Williams, let me ask you this. If Jonah Williams is there for training camp, do you think Frank Pollock will have them out there with the first teamers at right tackle? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, I mean, at least some reps. I don't think it'll be any different than the safety. Probably, you know, give them to both guys and mm-hmm. make it a real competition. Except, man, I don't know. Yeah, I'll just say uh, it'll be competition. Both guys probably take us the first team reps if Jonah is willing to play right tackle, which we have assumed. But that is always, I think, the wrench that could be thrown into it. 
Yeah, and I agree with you. I think if he's not there for training camp, and, and it's funny because we just did a podcast last week, and it's like, oh, Jonah Williams talk topic, we're moving on. And then I throw you a Jonah Williams question uh, because that's where we're at when it comes to OTA conversation. And we're going to get to other position groups in our next segment uh, and when it comes to contracts in the future and what that position looks like. But for for that reason, um, I just I, I don't really get too much into hype or, or what everybody looks like. And, and there will be that training camp player that stands out for a lot of people that nobody's talking about. Oh, could this guy be a difference maker? Um, on this Bengals roster we just currently do not know and I feel like those conversations uh, as we get closer to training camp because then you're on your countdown to preseason uh, and then we'll get into all the preseason conversation if starters are going to play in preseason if Joe Burrow is going to get reps in preseason Uh, but so far Joe Burrow looks good to go out there just growing the what do you think about the hair that he's growing out yeah sure it's good I like it I think I like the I think I like that more I don't Man, not a lot of opinions. <laughs> not a lot of opinions. Not a lot of opinions. I think the only thing is, I mean, you just got to make sure it doesn't get in the way. You can't be throwing, trying to throw I the think, football. Yeah, I think the headband would look weirder if he did have really short hair. Like, I think the long hair makes the headband look cooler. Yeah. And Joe, Joe's just Joe cool out there. Uh, and for now, Joe has long hair. And soon Joe will have long hair and a lot of money uh, because he's about to consign a contract extension. And that's all we have for Joe Burrow. Nothing new has changed. Um, knock on wood, but hopefully he continues to have a normal offseason. I want to speaking of contracts, I want to talk about some other players who are under contract. But there's been a lot of conversation if the Bengals should extend them to their second contract with the Cincinnati Bengals next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on it's always game day in Cincinnati. Out of nowhere, this topic was brought up. I, I, I think I've heard it almost on every podcast or on social media. Bengals discussion. It's the Trey Hendrickson, and then I'm going to get moving on to other defensive players when it comes to other second contracts. There, there's conversation that, you know, maybe the Cincinnati Bengals should move on from Trey Hendrickson after the season with another year left. What do you think? I think that makes a lot of sense after you spend a first-round pick on a defensive end like that. Um, the Miles Murphy pick could be a way to save money from the Trey Hendrickson uh, contract, and then you think if Joseph Osad takes his step, is that a way to save money on the Sam Hubbard contract? And now you've got much worse depth, and that combo probably wouldn't be as good even in two years when this could happen than the Hendrickson-Hubbard combo. But with the offense trying to get more expensive, it makes a lot of sense to make the defense cheaper. You're not going to make the defense cheaper if you 
sign Trey Hendrickson to an extension. Although I am always a proponent of keep star level talent. So I I'm on both sides of that. I like, if they keep him, that's smart. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Got to keep your studs. If they let him go, makes sense. You're keeping your studs on offense. Uh, you can't pay T chase burrow Hendrickson and everybody. What is a productive year for Trey Hendrickson this year? Um, hmm. I thought last year he was good. He just didn't have some of the same luck that he had just in terms of he'd get to the quarterback, but it'd be a quarter of a second too late. So it wouldn't be a sack. It would be a, a quarterback hit, a pressure, etc. cetera. Um, I think I unfairly will always think 10 sacks would be just like a generic benchmark for what I would want out of my best pass rusher. What if he gets eight and a half and Miles Murphy was getting reps too this year and Miles Murphy was able to squeeze out maybe two or three of those sacks? What would you think? Would you still say that was productive for Trey Hendrickson if he's not the full timer out there? Um, ooh, That's an interesting one. I think that has a pretty good likelihood of a two to three sack from one and eight and a half from Hendrickson because I think and I'm going to answer, I'm going to try to look this up real quick. How many sacks did he have last year? Because it wasn't in around eight and a half. I thought he was. I thought it was an okay season last year. Like I, I think six, the number a little bit to like six or eight, six and a half. Eight. He had eight sacks last year. Yeah, I, I'm not concerned unless he has like six sacks, and then I have to like go into the idea of like, well, why is that happening? And is it actually a regression, or is it? To me, I thought Carl Lawson was good and. 2020 yeah mm -hmm. in 2020 but he had like what like six sacks or something um some of that's luck some of it's you know other guys aren't helping him as much as he needs some some of it is you know he's getting there but he's not finishing maybe you want a tiny bit more out of them eight and a half sacks i think that would be fine i don't think it's bad I, yeah. just unfairly my expectation for him and nobody else on the team is 10 sacks yeah, I mean, if you look at it, we, we've talked about it before, and I still feel like I would say before Miles Murphy and Joseph Asai on what year that they could possibly have together uh, where you're not just leaning on Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson to get to the quarterback because they've struggled getting pressure and getting to the quarterback, and a lot of their money is on the defensive line. Um, you want to get cheaper on defense. You mentioned it already, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. Those are the extensions. Those are the core. Those That's where I want the money bags to go if you can go cheaper on the defensive side. I, I'm sticking with this Trey Hendrickson conversation because it really surprisingly was just a hot topic recently. And I think we're just at a point in the offseason when there's not a whole lot going on. So we're like, oh, what other topics can we bring up? And I'm okay with outside Jonah Williams and Joe Mixon because we're moving on to something new. Uh, but but we'll, we'll stay with this conversation. And you look at Trey, he's getting a little bit older, and you say, you know what? We still want Trey here. We just don't want him at the number that they are going to have to pay him in 2024. And they're able to possibly get Trey to take a pay cut. Do you think Trey would make more money on the open market and just say, release me, move on from me. I'm not taking a pay cut. Oh, I don't think they'd ask him to take a pay cut. Uh, like in terms of like whether or not he'd be released if he didn't take a pay cut. Like that, I don't think they would ask that but you never know 
uh, I don't know. <laughs> or restructuring somehow. I mean, they just maybe they you still get the money. And the thing is, we'll, we'll find out soon how. In the past, the Bengals have been very low with contracts. They're going to pay you well. And I, I, I said it on our podcast last week. Look, I, I'm, I'm just waiting for the number for the Joe Mixon thing. I really do think it's going to be reduced. They've had those conversations behind the scenes. But at the end of the day, will I be surprised if he makes what he's supposed to be making this year? Not at all. And they just say, we're loyal. Uh, we get last year, the production. We really do have faith in you and what you're going to be able to bring to the run game. And you're going to get the contract that we said we were going to give you. Um, and maybe the same thing with Trey Hendrickson. But I think that this year is going to be really telling on when it comes to the reps. What are we going to see out of Miles Murphy? What are we going to see out of Joseph Asai? Um, what does that mean for the future of your defensive line where you have to save money? And I kind of want to go to another player because he's been a topic too when you talk about these contracts and what the future looks like. And this one, this one hurts a little bit because DJ Reader is one of my favorite players on the defensive side of the ball. And I always think of DJ Reader in those Titans games and just what a difference maker it is when he's on the field. Um, and unfortunately, you know, he's had to deal with injuries here and there, but, he, but he's still a, a huge part of this defense and almost like the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. What does DJ Reader's future look like? Because that number is getting high for his position. Yeah, so it, you – you got to look at nose tackle, not just defensive tackle. But I will say, I think Dexter Lawrence just signed a big deal. So nose tackle price may have gone up a little bit from where it was. He's not going to be signing Aaron Donald money. And I don't think teams are going to be willing to pay him Aaron Donald money because he has to affect the passer a little bit more. Prime has to have a primary effect on the passer a little bit more. I think what he does to affect the passing game is to allow the defense to insert more resources into the coverage unit uh, because he's such a good run defender. You don't need to ask as many guys to defend the run at least as heavily i think his future is interesting because he is the defensive guy that's gonna be up for a contract that doesn't really have a replacement on the roster that's i think the thing but you know von bell was like that so it doesn't mean he's gonna stay for sure if he wants you know if he wants to set the nose tackle market he may very well be gone um but i also think I don't think that one is a foregone conclusion. Not that any of these really are, but it may be I, I'm blinded by him being um, my favorite to watch of the defensive players that are going to be up for a deal soon. But when I look at like no guy is on the roster with a replacement, they've had chances to draft nose tackles and they end up drafting 280 pound defensive tackles instead. That guy's not going to replace him. Even in season, it ends up being Josh Tupo to replace him. And I don't think the team would be comfortable with long-term starter Josh Tupo at nose tackle, who I'm not sure, but might be about as old, if not older than DJ Reader. Reader is getting near the 30, which is to a lot of people the cliff, although I think there is plenty of evidence to suggest that nose tackles their cliff is a little bit further along just because it's not as much straight line athleticism necessary for it. It's a lot of strength and some moving side to side type stuff. Uh, all that to say 50, 50. I mean, if he gets a deal with the Bengals, it's probably not a super long one. It's just a, we don't have a guy that could do what you do. So three years or maybe four years, that's really a three-year deal. But the fourth year's there in case he's still a dominant force in three years and you're willing to pay that amount of money. Um, that's what that's what I think could happen. But it very well could just let him go and they 
find a replacement in the draft or do what they did at safety this year when Von Bell left, which they kind of expected that they might be able to keep him. You sign a guy that's starting level and then you draft a guy that you're higher on. Yeah. To be, to be determined on what that looks like. And, you know, it's, it, I, I liked the days when we didn't have to talk about contract extensions and what these players, you know, who's going to be here when you have this core because they were able to have those few years, but we are, we're going to be in all of those topics. I mean, look, Joe hasn't signed his yet. T Higgins could be signing his this off season. Logan Wilson could be another one that they either say, you know what, we're going to have conversations with Logan Wilson, but we're going to get the season started and we'll work something out with Logan Wilson next year when we're talking with Jamar Chase and what that looks like. But DJ reader is someone where, it it kind of bums me out because I, I I not that there's not mutual that he could return. I just I guess I'll be a little surprised if he gets another contract in Cincinnati, which I would be totally okay with being wrong when it comes to DJ Reader and him being able to finish his career out here. Um and and you just that's you know, that's gonna be his decision because maybe he can make more money on the open market. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with DJ Reader. I want to go back to Logan Wilson. How are you feeling about that right now? Is we're we're in June. I said I feel like the contract extensions for you know the majority of the players when it is Joe and T would would more than likely get done towards the training camp timeline. But do you feel like this team is just going to be like mm, let's just wait and see? We have Jermaine, we paid Jermaine, and maybe they don't give Logan Wilson that. I think um, nothing has really changed for me since um, a few months. Yeah, a few months ago. Uh, but I, it did change in that moment, in that moment being Jermaine Pratt's contract. Before that, I thought, and I think you thought as well, Jermaine Pratt's probably gone. They're signing Logan Wilson to a big extension. Then Jermaine Pratt re-signs, and it's a little bit below what the market would think for a linebacker of his level of play. Maybe he took a hometown discount. That's rare, but it does happen, and this could be a situation that it did. He just wanted to stay and win in Cincinnati. He just loves, loves it here so much. And is Wilson able, is Wilson willing to do the same thing? I don't know. Is Wilson's market bigger than Pratt? Probably. But is the team willing to pay that? That becomes interesting. I think it's more likely than not he is going to sign a second contract with the Bengals. But I moved from it being almost a certainty into just like a, this is pretty likely to happen. Like, do you feel more, do you feel better about, it's hard to not use hindsight with this question. Do you feel better about Logan Wilson signing a second contract with the Bengals? Maybe that could be this off season. That could be next off season. Then you did Von Bell coming back after uh, the regular season this past year. That's a really good question because if you were to ask me the first week of February, I would have said Von Bell and Logan Wilson are coming back. Mm -hmm. So being in this position and, and I truly feel like they wanted to bring Von Bell back uh, and, and maybe Von Bell felt better. Maybe the, the number was just a tad bit different when he went to the Panthers, just like the opportunity to try something different. And they said, you know what? We all of a sudden have some more money in the bank. Let's go ahead and call Jermaine, see if he likes this number. And I feel like Jermaine Pratt, I still feel like it was a steal, what you're able to get for him, because he was unbelievable last year. And I get it. I get it. Go get one of your best defensive players back. Bring him back. You you have Lou coming back a couple weeks later and at the or a couple weeks prior to that, and 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 you're golden. But at the same time, your safety position takes a hit. So, 
I'm not really answering your question, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. I am just rambling away and just saying, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm at this point right now, the closer we get and we really the Bengals have said it before. They're they're pretty quiet behind the scenes when it comes to the talks, what they're having with the agents. And I think that's that's awesome. I really like it. But we're really not hearing a thing about Logan Wilson right now. Yeah, I wanted to real quick look it up just because I don't know. We always talk about one agent. <laughs> so I yeah, see. I mean he's nowhere right now. You don't hear yeah, him anywhere. Uh, we always talk about um, what I can't think of his name right now, but T Higgins agent. That was Jesse Bates's agent. That was Deshaun Watson's agent. That was he's like everybody that's going for a giant contracts agent. I want to look up Logan Wilson's agent. And I mean, to me, it looks like his, the guys that this guy is um, also representing is Zach Ertz, Dalton Schultz. And then a lot of young guys and guys. I don't know. Austin Hooper is in there. Uh, but it's not a lot of big names. So I don't really have a feel for what the agent is going to try to push for. I think it's going to be what Logan Wilson may or may not want or what the agent is able to pick up and has heard what other teams may be willing to pay Logan Wilson. Because I do think the one part of Pratt's deal is that he probably didn't have much of a market at all two years ago. And maybe he knew that. And maybe that market grew this past year. And then this off season grew even more, but I feel like it's harder to turn. I feel like it would be harder to turn down the money when I felt like I'm going to make like this big extension money for longer amount of time. Like Logan Wilson's probably known since last year that his, you know, his market value is pretty up there. And if he's known that since last year and the last regular season and then this off season, and maybe we have no idea how the contract talks are going, there's no leaking, which is great because that's usually bad. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's more than likely he signs a second deal with the Bengals, but I also think that we, I'm no longer certain. I do feel probably similar to how I felt about the Von Bell thing where it felt like we all just assumed Von Bell will be back and then we'll figure everything else out. And then Von Bell left and now uh, they signed Pratt unexpectedly. And, you know, sometimes things just happen, you know, there's a randomness to this all that it makes it very unpredictable. And even when you're studying the team and what they've done in the past for years, still moves out of left field will surprise you. There's more I want to get to the, uh, when it comes to these contract talks, and we're going to move on after that. But it just feels like it ha has been a discussion in uh, the Bengals world, and, and I think mostly just because there's not a whole lot going on, and you think about the future for some of the other guys that we really haven't talked about uh, next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. All right, continuing that conversation just a little bit because we were up on a break. Let me ask you this. It's kind of a this or that because Cheeto Wuzier, um, I kind of felt like with the replacements, you draft DJ Turner, you feel good about Cam Taylor Britt, uh, what your secondary cornerback room looks like. If this could happen and Cheeto looked exactly like he did pre injury because we don't know what he's going to look like when it comes to him back out there coming off of um, his ACL injury, would you want the Bengals to sign Cheeto? Or Logan Wilson? Um, Cheetah's a more important position, but he's older. 
I think I lean Wilson here because he's younger, because he's not coming off an injury. Even if Cheeto does come back and play well, you know, does that put a closer expiration date or something? I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, just as a, a little, it throws a little bit of uh, something in there that makes it a little bit more unpredictable. I think Cheeto will be. I think you'll get back to playing at a good level this year. Will it be right away? I don't know. I don't want to put that on him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my guess is Wilson, just because he's younger, even though it's not as premium of a position, they have a guy in DJ Turner now to go with Cam Taylor Britt to have starting outside corners next year. If Cheeto is not re-signed, um, if Logan Wilson leaves, you could make the Akeem Davis Gaither, Joe Batchy, Marcus Bailey type of replacement talk. But to me, well, actually, Akeem Davis Gaither, I think his contract would also be up. It is. So is Marcus Bailey's contract up? They're all the same year. Okay. Well, you can't really make that as much unless one of those guys resigns, which could probably happen. But yeah, when I look at that, I see. And even more so now that I have just figured out that those contracts are up. I see the in-house replacement much easier for Ouzier than I do for Logan Wilson. Not to say that Cheeto is replaceable, just in terms of if you're going to try to save money and you only want to sign one of these guys, it's usually safer to go with the young option. And then you have the in-house guy to probably take those snaps ready to go. I, I don't think, I think that's DJ Turner's role is nothing this year. And next year they're probably banking on him to start. You mentioned Akeem Davis Gaither. He was kind of going to be my follow-up one because I felt it, we, we talked about, well, what do you think about this off season? If Von Bell is going to be back, Logan Wilson's probably going to be extended all of that. I had faith that Akeem Davis Gaither, because in my mind, Jermaine Pratt was gone. It wasn't because I didn't think the team wanted to bring him back. I thought the number would be crazy and he'd get something somewhere else and go to another team and just try it. Just, just thought it was, they were just going to move on. And it was unfortunate. And I was very happy to be wrong about that and get Jermaine Pratt back. But just seeing any tape that you you've watched in the past, Akeem Davis Gaither, do you feel like it's, what's your confidence level for him in the NFL? Um, better after last year than it was before that. I think, I think he played well last year and it was a little bit surprising for me when he played for Jermaine Pratt, because I thought, well, you just can't do some of these things Pratt does. And he actually did them pretty well. I believe that was against the Jets that they, I'm pretty sure that was against the Jets, the game he had to start because Pratt missed one game last year. Uh, and yeah, I thought he's doing a lot of the stuff Pratt can do. I think Pratt is the better player. Like, I don't want to be misconstrued here, but I think that he showed that in a pinch, he can do that and be a full-time linebacker, not just a guy you could throw in on coverage downs, which is what he's been for most of his career. That one game against the Jets, which is a small sample, so I probably shouldn't hang on to it as much, did make me a little bit more confident in his ability to play at the NFL level. Similar to how I feel, you know, the Joe Batchy, Marcus Bailey, they've started like one game each, and when they play, I'm like, they look like they can play. And this is kind of a credit to 
the Bengals linebacker coach, who then left, and then the Bengals' next linebacker coach, I guess, who, uh, or maybe these guys are just good. I don't know. Or maybe Luana Rumo talks a lot about being the defensive back whisperer, but what he really is is a linebacker whisperer. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I felt I would have felt fine about Keen Davis Gaither starting next to Logan Wilson. And if they sign him to a deal and they let Logan Wilson go, I'd probably feel a little bit similar to how I would have if they had that plan with uh, Jermaine Pratt leaving. I think the lack of a contract does just make that more unpredictable. I it, It's kind of wild because I think you remember, I feel like the last years in the linebacker room, when they just didn't have any linebackers at all that were just like, they were legit. And then you get that 2020 draft class and, and honestly 2019, cause they drafted Jermaine Pratt in 2019. Then the next year you get Logan Olson, Kim Davis Gaither, um, their free agency when it comes to linebackers has been hitting and maybe it is Luana Rumo. Uh, but it really, it, it's one of those things where I, I don't know. I, I, I want to see where this Logan Wilson stuff goes unless they, I think the, the market for linebackers is great right now. So if you can cash in and just say, you know what, we already got the wide receiver check. We already got the uh, quarterback extension done. Let's go ahead and get Logan Wilson while we have the money out right now and go again and get him signed in this market. Uh, do you think it would be lower or higher than Jermaine Pratt? Logan Wilson's contract? Yeah. Or Okay. Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson. Um, yeah. His deal is probably going to be higher than Pratt. Like how much? Ooh, you know what? I don't actually have to figure this out. I don't think. Hopefully, that Spotrack has just given an estimate for what they think Logan Wilson's next contract will be, which they were off with Pratt, and I probably shouldn't use it. Big time, um, big time I mean, I think it'll be pretty big. Okay, they have a market value button for him. 9.4 annual value is what they put Logan Wilson at. That feels about right. I was going to say 10 million was my first, you know, if I wasn't able to use the great Al Gore's internet uh, to figure that out, um, my gut would have said 10. Yeah. I think if you could tell Logan Wilson right now, give him nine, even if you're like 8.9 million, um, he'd probably be like, okay, let's go. And I think the Bengals would take that right now, but maybe it is more of the 10 million at the end of the day and maybe it isn't with Cincinnati but I don't know the closer we get to training camp I just feel like maybe Logan Wilson's going to be someone that they, they just go into next offseason and say all right let's just try and figure this out let's let Logan Wilson bet on himself and we'll see what happens towards the end of next year um but yeah the defense it just seems like uh when it comes to the contract conversation it, it has been out there I do want to hit on this it's a little outside of that but it has to do with the front office there was an article out uh yesterday and, and it was really well done it was Elizabeth and Caroline Blackburn when it comes to the Bengals front office and things that have changed um I think it's easy to point out when you draft Joe Burrow for your franchise in 2020 yeah that's going to be a difference maker the talent you start to see on both sides of the ball you get T Higgins in that same draft the next year you get Jamar Chase. Zach Taylor has been really fun as a head coach and, and the culture that he's building in Cincinnati and then obviously making a trip to the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship game the next year, breaking your playoff curse. Uh, but overall, being familiar with this front office and, and kind of the jokes people make when it comes to the old jokes uh, with Mike Brown or how cheap the front office is and everything like that. You know, what have you really um, you know noticed with some of the changes it feels like with this front office? You could say Duke Tobin, but I do feel like Mike Brown's family and, and granddaughters have really stepped up and, and, and changed a lot of things for the better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we felt that, right? 
mm-hmm. it, to me, it all started before the what the the year they got Joe Burrow. I don't think it was before that. That was the off season that they also got DJ Reader. They also went out and got Chidovia Wujie. They went out and well, I guess they also that was probably the year they signed Trey Waynes. But you know, they were trying. And they were sending out these contracts and getting guys, their pro scouting department seems to have done a fantastic job and they've been willing to pay it. They had Riley Reef that year and they put it, or was that year? I think Reef was the next year, wasn't it? Reef was one year, right? Yeah, it was a one year. It was a whole year. Yeah, you're right. Um, so that was the next year. But the, when you look at the Reef thing, even though it was a one-year deal, they had void years in there just doing things they don't normally do. They were, were giving out guaranteed money. That was you know, They're doing that, it feels like, normally now. It is not just the funny money of old uh, where none of it's really guaranteed, but you just have to trust. They'll honor this contract now because, I mean, NFL players, they want to see the guaranteed money either way. So, yeah, I, I think absolutely. The front office has been wildly different from the 2010s, for sure, when I'm thinking of that. The 2000s, I think they've been wildly different than that front office. Just even if you think back to what we used to say before the past couple of years, it was, well, I don't expect anything in free agency. They might sign like one guy who's a middle-of-the-road starter. Now that's not the case. You're expecting them. They're probably going to make a move here, right? And uh, we have thought that the past two off seasons and they are making moves and they are willing to give out guaranteed money and do all of these other things. I think the Orlando Brown one really sticks too because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's all going, it's the Joe Burrow conversation. It's the T. Higgins conversation. How are you going to pay all these wide receivers? And the Bengals are really quiet for those first two days. And I want to say the news broke probably around 10 p.m. at night. And, and it was Orlando Brown's camp reaching out to the Cincinnati Bengals. And those conversations started and said, hey, Let's go there. Let's go play there. Free agent players wanting to come play in Cincinnati, but also the Bengals just throwing that contract at him and giving him that guaranteed uh, money. And and yeah, I think if you look at different years, it's pretty flexible for Orlando Brown in the Bengals front office, but it was huge this year to get that, to say, you know what, we need a dominant player on this offensive line for Joe Burrow and to go ahead and spend that money when they were already paying Jonah Williams $12 million to start there. I thought that was really telling, but overall ring of honor, the uniform stuff, the things behind the scenes, I think that has been, it's all happening at the same time, which is really incredible. The ring of honor, the first year that happened, they went to the Super Bowl. Um, I think you, you, I wouldn't have predicted that's how the season would have turned around after Joe Burrow was injured his rookie year and what that was, would look like, but I don't know. It's just kind of, it's really cool to see. I feel like it's really exciting times, not only because you have Joe Burrow as your franchise quarterback, they're working on that extension, but everything you see with the front office and just realizing the time is now, look what we can do, see the crowds, the sellouts. Uh, There's a waiting list for season tickets. I remember when I could count the number of fans in the upper bowl for those games, nobody would really go. Um, It just was a laughing stock. And I think it's just been really incredible over the last few years. And Honestly, credit to, um, you know, the the Brown family, but also Elizabeth Blackburn, who I feel like does a lot of the stuff behind the scenes when it comes to this fan base and what people are talking about. Even on the social media side, it's been huge. And and it all kind of goes into this contract conversation that, you know, we really focused on in this podcast. Yeah. And thanks for mentioning the stuff that doesn't matter on the field. You know, the ring of honor, the selling of the the rights to the stadium, all this other, all these other things that have made 
I think past Bengals feel more welcomed and it probably does add some excitement for the fans, but also for former players for this team and just feeling like it's a different team than the one you hear the stories about how they were working downwind from the chemical plant and <laughs> they didn't, they had to share, uh, <laughs> And you know, share equipment and they couldn't afford Gatorade, all these other things like that. You're not hearing that anymore. Even if they were lower on some of the things in that anonymous player poll, it is not a universally 30s, 32, 31, like, does the owner care about you? Does the are they actually spending to make the team better and all these other things? Now, you know, it's probably still not in the upper echelon, but it does feel like a normal NFL team with all that stuff. You're not hearing the the Jonathan Josephs on the way out saying that this is like <laughs> this my college had better uh treatment for our players than this NFL team. They are working to improve all of that. And I appreciate you you mentioning that part because my brain was so much just like that. Yeah, how are they, they the front office? They're making the football team better and they used to not do that as much. Yeah, it, it's been really fun and important and it's all just kind of happened at the same time and obviously both go 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 together. And I know that you are taking a little bit of a break. I keep saying that over on all bangles. If happened. people do not listen toward the end of this podcast. And you've mentioned that before. If they go over into all Bengals, they search your name. What are they going to see there right now? All five of the first draft picks. And that's probably where it's ending. But I did got the Chase Brown article up. I did it. And now it's break time. It's break time. And then next week they'll have their extension stuff. And you can put that piece out if they do. Will your break? Let me ask you this. Because I've said before, I think the extension stuff will happen late July. If the Bengals decide, you know what, we're going to change it up. We have a little bit of quiet time between now and mandatory camp. Uh, we're going to go ahead and sign those extensions. Will you come back from your break? Maybe. I mean, it'd be really easy. Part of me thinks it's a really easy ride the hype train. Like if Joe Burrow signs an extension and I just put do an article that's just like, what makes Joe Burrow good? <laughs> type thing Or T. Higgins or Logan Wilson. And I probably have all the videos already. The motivation will be the one factor. It's just... What took me so long to chase Brown? Because I had all the videos ready. I had all the thoughts ready. It was just, I got to sit down and write this. Um, so, yeah, possibly. I don't know. I'm No promises either way. But that would be the one way that I, I am writing in July. Yeah, I don't blame you. I need a little break until uh, they really get back into the grind of things. And right now, that's where we're at. OTAs are wrapping up. They'll have mandatory camp. Maybe. Maybe Zach Taylor will cancel it, and they'll just wait until training camp to get back together. But we will have the latest. Make sure you're following along. Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Alan Diaz Patterson. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs>